You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Scams are one of the most dangerous threats today, especially when it comes to our elders. As the number of victims and money taken continues to skyrocket, realize that there is hope. ScammerCast is your frontline battlefield for getting educated on the most recent scams, but also how to defend against them. Join us as we detail the processes, the traps, and the solutions to help us all hammer the scammers. Hammer the scammers. It's time for the ScammerCast. Here are your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Mays. Welcome back, everyone. This is Curtis Bailey, your co-host at ScammerCast.com. And this is Art Mange, your other co-host at ScammerCast.com. And we are extremely pleased to have someone with us today who is an expert in multiple areas and has a long and storied history in the world of scams, frauds, and identity theft. Sponsored by Midwest Trust and Western Union. We are joined today by Adam Levin, a consumer advocate with more than 30 years experience in personal finance, privacy, real estate, and government service. Welcome, Adam. Thanks so much for the invitation. Delighted to be here. I have the Prince of Darkness is now at your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's, uh, that sounds ominous. I like it, though. I like it. Yeah. Right. Adam, please share with our audience. I, I mentioned you've been in personal finance and government service for more than 30 years. Tell our audience uh, all the various places you've served. Well, in 1977 and 1982, which is probably before most people in your audience were born, I was <laughs> uh, head of consumer affairs for the state of New Jersey, and I was in the attorney general's office. And it was an exciting time for us. Those were the days when consumer protection was really a very big deal. Right. It has again become a very big deal with the office of, of, of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I served and loved every second of it. It was a time of great activism. Then, in 1993, I started a company called Credit.com, which is an educator, an advocate, and a website that is a marketplace for credit products and services. It's also one of the largest content providers in the personal finance area. We kind of like to think of ourselves as the AP for personal finance. Wow. Uh, in 2003, I started Identity Theft 911, that is now known as IDT 911. Right mainly because some of our clients got scared by the name, but uh, (laughs) that has become a rather meaningful company. We are worldwide with offices in Arizona, Rhode Island, New York, Montreal, Galway, Ireland, and hopefully at some point this year in Australia. Uh, We have six silos. We do identity theft education, resolution, identity management, breach preparedness, breach response, and forensic consultant. And we have about 45 million people through 660 institutions on what we call the consumer side, many of them um, insurance companies, uh, financial services companies, HR departments where people work through uh, employee uh, benefits programs, uh, even some universities. And then uh, on the commercial side, we have about 800,000 businesses through cyber liability policies. That's fantastic. So you really cover all sorts of different areas here. No, we are. And, you know, it's, it's based on a, a, an interesting philosophy, and that is that, you know, when you say the word portfolio, most people will give you the Pavlovian response of investments. Mm-hmm. But the truth is we also have many other portfolios in our life, two of which are your identity portfolio and your credit portfolio. Right. 
And just as you would hope that someone professionally manages your money, you need to be the professional manager of your credit and your identity portfolio. You need to manage it, nurture it, build it, and protect it. And these companies are really dedicated toward helping people not only better understand uh, the meaning of those portfolios, like, for instance, your credit report can either be a resume resume or a rap sheet, wow. uh, and, uh, you know, your identity can be something extremely positive, something that you actively protect, that you're very proactive about, or you could kind of lay back and say, eh, it is what it is, I am who I am, it's not a big deal, nobody cares about me, I'm okay, and that's when you get hit. Right. Right. right, got it. Uh, Adam, why do you find people are kind of laissez-faire about their identity portfolio, if you will? Well, I think just a lot of people don't know really, they, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to approach it. Their attitude is, you know, I'm in this world, it's an interconnected world that I do the best I can, but there are people out there that are going to do what they're going to do. And unfortunately, we are living in a change paradigm now, and that is where breaches and the identity theft that flows from them have become the third certainty in life. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love death that. And taxes. Yeah, right. I read that in your book and, and elsewhere, and I, I think that's really true. Death, taxes, and, and identity I mean, theft. If you, if you reflect upon it, in the past very few years, over one billion files containing personal identifiable information have been improperly accessed by people that had no right to be there. Right. Uh, Staggering. And use it for all sorts of horrible reasons. You know, in the world, there are really four types of hackers the state-sponsored hackers, we certainly have heard a lot about them in connection with the Office of Personal Management, the breach of many of the health insurers, right. as well as the breach of probably every government agency in the, in the, in the U.S. government, <laughs> probably. not to mention most agencies and state governments. You have the for-profit guys, and you certainly know about that with Target, Neiman Marcus, Home right. Depot, a lot of the healthcare institutions. Then you have the cause people, which... Ashley Madison was mm -hmm. certainly a cause hack. There have been hacks of financial services sites, bringing them down with people doing it because they want to strike a blow against the American financial system. Yep. You have attacks on the power grid that, that could be for a variety of reasons. And then you have the because I can guys. And yeah. these are people who, for instance, exposed databases containing law enforcement people and folks like that. And they want to do it for bragging rights. And, and the, re the reality is, it doesn't matter who of this group you find yourself in the crosshairs of. Mm -hmm. Once you're in their crosshairs and once your data is compromised, depending upon the data, and if it's, for, for instance, your Social Security number, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Right. And I think that's true for just about everybody now. Is, it, is there one particular type of hacker that's more dangerous to the average person than another, or does it really matter at all? You now have the hacking that is ransomware, right? Which is which is very dangerous, and it's not cheap. It's less expensive than many people think, but there's nothing more disheartening than turning on your computer and seeing a skull with a red background, right? Laughing at you and a ticking clock uh, on your screen, telling you that unless you pay one or two Bitcoin within the next three days everything is going to be deleted. Mm -hmm. While it is problematic for consumers, it's terrifying when you have a large institution. Yeah. Right. Specifically, a lot of healthcare institutions have found themselves victims sure. of ransomware. Some have paid. Some luckily had great uh, systems backing up their data that they could then wipe their drives clean 
and then restore the data. But in general, a lot of companies are caught flat-footed. Think about what happened to Sony. Now, that was theoretically a cause hack, but there were some people that thought it was also a financial-related hack. And, you know, their systems went down, and it took them a very long time to restore their systems. People were reduced to writing things with paper and pen Mm -hmm. that this wasn't even an understandable ransomware situation, because they basically said, this movie that you spend millions making, do not preview it, do not show it, or Mm -hmm. else we're going to destroy you. Uh, So, you know, every demand is different. But these guys are so good, these hackers. They even have customer service departments. That's what I've read, yeah. Yeah. We've also heard that hackers, when they're now selling information like those social security numbers and credit card numbers, are offering warranties on on the information that they sell. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, In particular, credit cards. The deal in in the dark web is that if you get credit card numbers and either the banks change them right away or... The consumers find out about it and change it right away. We'll, we'll either you get your money back or we'll replace them. Wow. And unfortunately, there is such a massive supply of data out there because of breaches. I mean, reflect upon the fact that in 2015, just with four breaches, four, Anthem, Premier, Excellus, the healthcare insurers, mm-hmm. and the Office of Personal Management, over 120 million Social Security numbers were stolen. Incredible, isn't it? It's yeah. really amazing. Yeah, the scope of that number is just overwhelming. You it know, really to is. Think about. And that's what we know about. There's an awful lot of uh, companies out there that will do everything they can to avoid telling people they've had a problem until somebody rats them out or they end up <laughs> yeah. staring at the alphabet boys who were in their, in their lobby. Right. We think we know that somewhere between 13 and 16 million people every year fall victim to identity theft. But that's what we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably and a lot there are more. A lot of people that don't report it because it occurs within the family mm-hmm. or their senior citizens and they're embarrassed to tell right. anyone that they've been victimized or companies that are trying to crawl under the radar or even government agencies that would prefer to, prefer to figure out a way yeah. not to disclose. So is this why you uh, wrote your new book, Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves? Or was there something more that you wanted to accomplish there? Well, a couple things. I mean, I thought it was very important for people to really get a reality check on where we are, because there's been sort of this Pollyannish view of, first, we had the companies that used to go out there saying, we can prevent identity theft. Right. Well, we found out they can't do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, And then you have a lot of people out there that still didn't get the memo, and they don't understand that there are so many different forms of identity theft. It's very dangerous mm-hmm. that you have to stay vigilant and alert. You have to do certain things that you never even thought about before. Something as simple yet to people, complex as reviewing your explanation of benefit statement from your insurer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about medical visits you had, medical treatments you had, things like that. You need to look at these things right. because you may look at it and go, wait a minute. I, I never, it wasn't me. I had uh, one 72-year-old grandmother. We worked on a case for her that she noticed on her explanation of benefit statements that on the same day, on opposite sides of the United States, two laboratories are charged uh, for running a sperm viability test and a pregnancy <laughs> oh test. Oh, my, yeah. You know, she was excited by the prospect that such a thing could happen. <laughs> I bet she was for she half a second. <laughs> it wasn't her. Now, you know, medical identity theft can take so many different forms and have so many different ramifications. I mean, again, 
With medical identity theft, someone using your information for the purpose of gaining treatment or coverage using your information, and but somehow it all comes back on you. So ramifications, their information gets commingled with your information in your mm-hmm. medical files, and you're on a stretcher outside an emergency room getting a blood transfusion except, oops, it's the wrong blood type. Uh-oh. Or right. you're violently allergic to certain medications because the allergy has disappeared and or been replaced by yeah. another allergy in the medical file. Let's say you're violently allergic to penicillin, but they give you penicillin because they don't realize that the information they have isn't yours. Right. Uh, or you're driving in a car, you have a busted taillight, you get pulled over, suddenly guys with guns are surrounding your car, you're put on the ground, you're handcuffed, you're dragged off to court, you f- you're fighting literally with the criminal justice system, just like the movie Identity Thief. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Where yeah. they got the wrong guy, but unfortunately, yeah. as far as they're concerned, they got the right guy. Yeah. Right. They, they don't have know. information, the trail of breadcrumbs leads back to you or tax fraud, which is a, a terribly troublesome thing for a lot of people because many people wait for those tax refunds in order to make it through the year. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. And suddenly they find out, oops went to somebody else, but they thought it was me, and it takes you 300 days to get it from the IRS, now you got a real problem. Yeah. And that's the thing. This affects so many people in so many different ways that it's hard to keep track of all of it. Suppose you're a child. Right. You become a victim of child identity theft. You're not checking your credit. Your parents aren't checking your credit. You turn 18. You start looking for credit. You get denied because your credit report is basically a war zone because someone stole your identity. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, in these breaches that occurred in 2015, a lot of the Social Security numbers on those databases were those of children. Yeah, right. Uh, I right. have one friend who's a chief privacy officer of a rather large company, and she found out that her daughter was a victim of identity theft eight years before she was born. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody invented a, a number that they used as a Social Security number. The Social Security Administration, when she was born, assigned her the same number. They didn't know. Yeah, sure. And all of a sudden, she had destroyed credit, and she was two. Wow. Goodness. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that goes on every single day. You could end up on a no-fly list. You could be under suspicion for all sorts of things. Yeah. People could be out there opening accounts. I was at a presentation the other day, a woman, her father is 81 years old and found out that in the past two weeks prior to the presentation, somebody had gone out and opened five new credit card accounts in his name and run up about $40,000 worth of bills. Wow. So this is disastrous for people when yeah. they have to deal with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, no, you... it is a disaster. And, and the problem is because scammers, fishers, and identity thieves are so creative, persistent, and uh, sophisticated that oftentimes you don't know for a very long time you're having a problem unless you are vigilant about checking your credit report, your scores, your explanation of benefit statements, what's going on in your accounts. You may not find out for a very long time, and unfortunately, by the time you find out, you are so deep in the soup that you really are going to need a professional in order to help you through it. That you can't do it yourself. And for those people who are going, I can do anything. Don't be so sure. It is a long, arduous, agonizing process. It's one thing if it's a credit card. Yeah. Okay, you make a phone call, you change a number. Right. If it's a debit card, it could be more complex because sure. it could have gotten into your bank account 
and started draining it. They could have used your information to get more information from the bank than to commit even a greater fraud. Everywhere you turn, people are trying to fish you, whether they're phishing, spear phishing, vishing, which is where you get the phone call, right. and they represent themselves to be either the IRS or a bank, and they're not, or smishing, where you get a text which tells right. you your account is frozen, and you need to click on the link and then go to a site and give them information in order to unfreeze your account and do that, all those kinds of things. So you're under constant assault. And then you get to the more exotic forms of identity theft we talked about, which is new account, medical, criminal, child, tax-related, synthetic, and the list just goes on right. and on. Yeah, it sure does. So, so Adam, I hear this quite often with some of my particularly uh, older adult clients, and I imagine you hear this too as well, and I think you even talk about it in your in your book. Uh, a response might be, well, you know what? I'm just going off the grid. Uh, I'm going to pay for everything in cash. I'm not going to apply for a credit card. I don't believe in those things anyway, so that will keep me protected. And, and what do you think about that kind of response? Well, the problem is that you may go off the grid, but your data that has been collected about you over the years is still very much on the grid. And, you know, again, and, and, and we'll get into it when we can during the conversation, you know, about the three M's where you minimize your risk of exposure, right, right. monitor and manage the damage. The problem is you can do everything right. You can have long and strong passwords, you can shred, you can covet your information, you can not carry your social security card, you can, if you're carrying your Medicare card, you can redact the information on the card and put a contact, emergency contact number. You can do all that stuff. You can secure your devices. But if you're on the wrong database at the wrong moment and the wrong person gains unauthorized access, and your information is on there, in particular your social security number, you got a problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, the purpose of the book and the purpose of the conversations like the ones we're having is, look, you're living in a world that is interconnected, it's globalized, it is what mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. You're not going to really go off the grid. It's a wonderful fantasy, but you're not. Right. So as a result, how do you live your life? Understanding the fact that the cyber war has replaced the Cold War right. and that breaches the third certainty in life and, and that... You just have to adopt a different mindset, and you have to be a bit more careful, and you have to be suspicious. You know, I remember Reagan said, trust but verify. Well, in right. the world we live in now, never trust and always verify. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's the way to live, yeah, isn't yeah. it? You know, we've talked about this many times here at ScammerCast, that the older adult population, they were raised to be the uh, gentleman or gentlewoman's generation. So they were very trusting and polite, and, and oftentimes now that leads to them being the victim. That's very true, and the folks that run these scams are very convincing. They are. Especially when, for example, you get the phone call saying, uh, Art, this is your credit card number, right? And you go, why, yes, it is. And they go, well, this is your expiration date. And you go, you're right. And, you know, we're your bank, and we just need to confirm you're you. So right. would you mind just flipping over your card, reading us the security code? Uh -huh. uh, you do that, now they have your credit card. Now, some of these scams go further. Yeah. And they say, Art, you know what? You really are a victim of identity theft. So yeah. hold on, we're putting it through to our security department. First question they say is, hey, Art, by the way, what's your social security number? <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. Right. Now they, now they have your life. Yeah. And, yep. you know, we're way beyond the Nigerian prince scams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although they're and, still out I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have phishing scams now where the letters are perfect. 
the graphics are perfect. You don't have any more misspellings or typographical errors or grammatical errors. They are, they flow, they sing. I mean, how many times have you seen scams now, the W-2 scam, where yeah. someone in the HR department of a company gets an email that sure looks like it's from the CEO asking them for information, backing up the W-2 forms they have, so they send it and mm. they find out it's not the CEO. Uh-oh. Or the finance department gets an email from the CEO saying, we need to wire money to a foreign bank because mm-hmm. we have a distributor that's going to cut us off on Monday unless we pay them today, which is Friday, and they always wait till the end of the day to right. do it. Yep. Right. Yep. And there was one company that got hit to the tune of $100 bucks. Wow. These are the kinds of things that, that have you. You have new scams now where these guys are so good they figure out a way to, you know, it's called porting. It's when mm-hmm. you have your, you know, and now you're allowed to keep your same cell phone number That's right. and just move it to a new device. Well, what these guys do is they contact the uh, service provider, you know, the phone service providers, and they basically have enough information about you to masquerade as you, and they convince them to port your number over to their device. So there's a story of a fellow in Miami, it was his birthday, and he was saying, boy, this is very strange. I don't seem to be getting texts or calls from my friends on my birthday. And he checked, he found out they killed his phone. What they did is transferred the number to another phone, started opening accounts very quickly yeah. on that day, and as the institutions were trying to get in touch with him to confirm the information, they were being basically ported over to the thief who was confirming everything. Sure. Well, that's a scary world out there, and we're visiting today with Adam Levin, who is an expert on personal finance, identity management, fraud, and privacy. And as Adam mentioned, uh, he has this wonderful paradigm called the three M's, which will provide all of us with some actionable tips that we can use to help keep ourselves safe. And we're going to dive into those right after the break. It's time to take a break during this episode of the ScammerCast. Have you liked our effort on Facebook? Visit the link via our website at ScammerCast.com and be sure to share any of our informative articles with your friends and family. It's all about education and protecting our seniors. We'll be right back. There was a day when the villain was easy to spot. These days, different. Today, technology allows scammers to reach victims across the globe through mail, email, phone calls, and even social media. Know what to look for so you can help protect yourself no matter where you are. We remind you to never send money to people you haven't met in person and to always verify before you send. You work hard for your money. Don't let a few minutes with a scammer separate you from what's taken days, weeks, or even a lifetime to work for. Western Union. Move money for better. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. 
Hi, this is Denise Brown from Caregiving.com, and you're listening to The ScammerCast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. A recent study found that most older adults fear running out of money during their retirement years, even more than their fear of death. A trust can be an effective way to manage and protect your assets while you're alive. Now, many folks believe that trusts are only for rich people. They are not. Midwest Trust Company of Missouri, located in Clayton, Missouri, offers professional trust management for clients all across the country. Using Midwest Trust is a great way to know that someone with experience and integrity will manage your wealth objectively. Naming Midwest Trust can provide you with peace of mind in knowing that you or your parents will not be exploited financially and lose all of the assets acquired during a lifetime of hard work. Midwest Trust will even work with you or your parents' own financial advisor. Don't let fear of running out of money drive your life. Contact Midwest Trust Company today by visiting the link to their website at scammercast.com. The discipline to grow. The strength of experience. The ability to adapt. Values that endure. Midwest Trust. This is Paul's Tree Service. A person is calling through Relay, Missouri. This is operator. Uh, Thanks, but we're not interested. Who is that? Uh, Just one of those annoying telemarketers. Wrong. You just hung up on a customer. One who wanted to spend money with your business. A customer who happens to be deaf, hard of hearing, or who has a speech disability. Calling you through Relay, Missouri. Relay Missouri is a free service that allows people who are deaf, hard of hearing, or who have a speech disability to communicate over the telephone with you and your business. Don't hang up. This could be new business. For more information on Relay Missouri, take a minute to log on to RelayMissouri.com and open the door to a whole new group of customers. Become part of a growing community that is silent but can speak volumes for your business. Relay Missouri brings the hearing and deaf, hard of hearing, and people with speech disabilities together at no charge with no sign-up and no monthly fee. Log on to RelayMissouri.com and find out how you can start communicating with these new customers today. Welcome back to ScammerCast, your headquarters for the education and prevention of scams against our elders. Let's dig back in with your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Welcome back, everyone. This is Curtis Bailey here at ScammerCast.com. And Art Maines, also here at ScammerCast.com. And, you know, Adam, you, you lay out a very interesting idea in the early part of your book. You call it the other guy syndrome. Would you tell our listeners a little bit about what you mean when you say the other guy syndrome? Absolutely. Thanks, guys, also for inviting me and, and letting me spread uh, darkness through your audience. <laughs> but there, is some, there is some light here, and it's not the headline of the oncoming locomotive. Well, that's, so, that's good. That's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> yeah. The other guy syndrome is just basically, it'll never happen to me. Right. Never. Nobody cares about me. And, and this is the thing that people have to truly understand, and that is, Maybe we're not all the Kardashians, and for many of us, that's a wonderful thing. It sure is, yeah. The truth is that to an identity thief, we are a celebrity. Each and every one of us is a celebrity because we have what they want. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be young. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a variety of different things. All you have to have is a social security number. You don't even have to be breathing. In fact, in many cases, they prefer you're not. 
Right. And people don't understand that you can be as vulnerable when you pass away, even more vulnerable than you are when you're alive, to becoming a victim of identity theft, especially right around the time that, uh, that you pass away. So each and every one of us is a celebrity. And most importantly, we have to realize that they count on the fact that we have a life. They want us to have a life. Because when we're focusing on all of the distractions of our life, and in particular, that we you know, have a job and a family, and we're busy, and we have problems and issues to deal with, so we have day jobs. But to an identity thief, we are their day job. That's right. That's it, because there is such a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and really all they need is a Social Security number. Perfect example, tax fraud. All you need is a name, a date of birth, maybe or maybe not an address, and a Social Security number. They, in the past, have basically doctored W-2s. Now, the newest scam that a lot of these guys are pulling is they are finding ways into legitimate websites that are W-2 websites. You know, a lot of companies set up programs with their their payroll company. Right, like ADP. Even, yeah. That's right, with yeah. ADP. Now, they had an issue, and it wasn't ADP's fault. Right. What happened is ADP gives each company a unique code, and the combination of that code combined with personal identifying information of the employee gets them into the ADP portal. Well, a number of companies that were ADP client companies published to make it easier for their employees on unsecured websites mm. the code that that company used for ADP. So scammers would come along, they would find out where those websites were. They had already gathered sufficient information from the employees of these companies through a lot of breaches that had occurred over time, and they used that information combined with the unique company code to crawl through the portal. Wow. Uh, there was another case at Stanford University. They have 3,500 uh, former employees and current employees, and they were using W2 Express, which is owned by Equifax, mm -hmm. one of the reporting agencies. Right, right. And someone had enough information to literally walk through the front door of W-2 Express and illegally download 600 W-2 forms that were supposed to be there to help employees file their tax returns went to the bad guys. Wow. So you've got a lot of situations now where they're literally walking through the front door. Yeah. Part of the reason is there is so much information out there about us, and I'm not even talking about the stuff in breaches. Yeah. Just think about what people share on social networking sites. Yeah, yeah, you know, Adam, your your chapter on this in the book is just incredible. And, you know, the, the book is great, but this it chapter really it would be worth the, the price of the book. Would you share, share with our audience your thoughts about social media? Well, listen, I, we all love social media, but we don't understand there are, there are a number of downsides to sharing way too much. For instance, do you really need to share your entire birth date? If right. you have this unquenchable thirst to have thousands of people you don't know send you birthday wishes, then put the month and the day. You don't necessarily right. have to put the year or right. lie about the year. Right. A lot of people are happy to lie about their age, and now sure. this gives them a good security <laughs> reason why they should. Right. The second thing is when people take trips, for some reason they have to say, oh, I'm going away next Thursday. I'm going to be away for three weeks. Here's where I'm going. Oh, good. And I'll be back on such and such a day, So, and I'll be sending you pictures all along the way. Well, unfortunately, when you tell people where you are, they also know where you're not. Uh -huh. yeah. 
Now, on social networking, what are some the other things people people love to take zillions of pictures of their kids. They forget to disable location services on their phone. And now somebody could figure out where and when that photograph was taken. So take it a step further. People love to say, oh, look, here's my new car. Here's my new appliance. Here's my new painting. Here's my new piece of jewelry. And they haven't in any way uh, disabled location devices. And now someone goes, wow, so I now know what they own that I want to steal. I know where it is. And I even know what I need to haul it away. Right. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> then you have people quizzes. Quiz, this is great. Quizzes. So a lot of people say, oh, it's cute. It's harmless. My favorite dog, my favorite color, my school mascot, my favorite teacher, some people, my mother's maiden name, my college. And so they answer these questions. You have to think of these questions as <laughs> the components of a nuclear weapon. In and of themselves, they may be harmless, but combined... They could be lethal. And the reason is that a lot of information that people provide by way of these quizzes or put on their websites that are, is information that when they set up their security question protocols with websites to authenticate themselves, if they use a different device <laughs> and the website is trying to determine they're the real deal, and unfortunately, they have just handed identity thieves a roadmap all the breadcrumbs they need to create the mosaic to answer the questions like what happened in the W-2 websites, right. like what happened for the IRS GRED transcript website, that what happened with the IRS website that was designed in order to help people who forgot the PIN numbers they gave to identity theft victims. <laughs> they were answering these out-of-pocket, out-of-wallet, out-of-life experience questions, and they were walking in the front door. Just making, it, just making it easy for them, right? <laughs> So what I suggest to people is when you're asked a question as you set up your security protocols, lie. No one's going to be conducting an exhaustive, in-depth investigation as if they were the Office of Personnel Management interviewing you for a security clearance. Right. The, the truth is none of these sites care what your mother's real maiden name was or <laughs> what your, where you went to school or what your dog's name was or the street you lived on. All they care about is when they ask you the question, you can give them the answer you gave them when you set it up. Right. Just don't be so creative that you can't remember the yeah, answer. Yeah, there you go. That's always the trick, right? But you don't have to give them the, the true answer. Uh, I think that's Absolutely not. That's lying, can be, lying is good, and especially for people who like to lie <laughs> about their age. Think of this as the, you know, this is the ultimate festival. You can lie about everything. <laughs> so, so all of this that you're sharing with us, Adam, kind of falls under the first M of what you call the three M's. And would you tell our audience a bit about uh, that concept, if you will? Yeah, it's basically minimize your risk of exposure. It's like you don't carry your Social Security card with you. So a lot of seniors go, okay, I get that, but now let's talk about my Social my Medicare card, which unfortunately your Medicare number is your Social Security number plus a letter. They obviously worked hard at masking that. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Tricky. So what I say to people is, look, take out your Medicare card and then redact all but two numbers. Make a copy. Do that. Now, keep the real card in a safe place at home. If you're going to the doctor, take the card with you if you think you need it. Other than that, just use this redacted card, and on the back, put the phone number of your emergency contact so that if you're unconscious or you fainted, 
or you're in an accident, they look at the card and they know what to call or who to call to get the information. That's fine. And they have now changed the law, but it's going to take somewhere between four and eight years to get that number off all the Medicare cards. So you have all of these people who, and me too, unfortunately, I'm, I'm part of the crew, they're wandering around with exposed Social Security numbers. So you do that. Secure your devices. Don't fall for, if someone sends you an email that asks you to click on a link, first of all, call the person who sent it to you, if it's somebody you know, and say, did you just send me an email with a link? That's one thing. But if you don't know who it is, or you think you may know who it is, or it's like the Internal Revenue Service, they don't send email. You get a phone call. The IRS doesn't call you. Ever. Your bank doesn't call you that way. They may ask you to confirm specific activity on a credit or debit card, but they will never ask you to authenticate yourself. So if anyone attempts to ask you to authenticate yourself, hang up. Flip over your credit or debit card, look at the customer service number, call them and say, did you guys just call me? If they ask you to authenticate yourself when you're in control of the interaction, that's fine, but not when they're in control of the interaction. Right. Here at the ScammerCast, we talk a lot about never let yourself be chosen. Always do the choosing. Correct. Right. Okay, great information, Adam. This is so helpful for so many people. So now let me uh, you know, quickly take you through the other M. Sure. The second M is monitor. Now, you can monitor in a variety of ways. Uh, you could buy expensive monitoring programs. You don't have to. Go to annualcreditreport.com, where you get a free copy of your credit report from each of the three agencies every year. You can either get them all at once, or what many people do is they spread it out. They get one every uh, four months, so they get a different snapshot of, of their credit, and they look. It's important to look and make sure what you see is reality. If you see something that doesn't look right, it's like we say uh, in New York, if you see something, say something. Uh, it's very important to bring it to the attention of the reporting agencies as quickly as possible if you see incorrect or incomplete information. If you see negative information that is correct, well, then you maybe need to rethink some of the things that you do, but you need to work on it. You have to have at least an explanation for somebody when they run a report and they see something negative as to what happened, why it happened, why it won't happen again. Go to sites like credit.com. There are many that offer uh, free credit scores that are updated. And the reason why you want to do that is if your credit score takes a sudden, precipitous, unexplained drop, it could be based on one of three reasons. Either first, you missed a payment, which you need to know because that's 35% of your credit score. Secondly, that you're using too much of your available credit, which makes creditors nervous, Mm -hmm. which is 30% of your credit score. Or thirdly, you're a victim of identity theft, so you really need to get to the bottom of it. That's why you need to have a pretty good idea of what your scores are. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has been encouraging financial services organizations to make credit scores available to people as frequently as they can as an educational tool and as, frankly, a monitoring tool. Right. Uh, So it's very important to know what your score is. Please understand that your score will look a little different depending upon where it comes from, but I always tell people, think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Think of it Mm -hmm. more as a guideline than as a code. Okay. But it's important to know within a few points what your score is, because if it's good, you want to make sure you keep it good. And if it's not good, you want to find out why it isn't good and what you can do to make it better. 
Also, check your accounts on a daily basis, your bank and credit card accounts. For people who feel that that's too much work, you can sign up for what's called transactional monitoring alerts from mm -hmm. your financial institution and your credit card company, which will notify you of any activity that occurs in your account. Now, the reason why it's so important to stay on top of your accounts is because when credit and debit card information is stolen, it is now sold on the black market based on a variety of different characteristics, one of which is zip code. And the reason is because wow. they're trying to evade bank monitoring systems that are looking for out-of-pattern charging. Now, out-of-pattern can either be you're not charging where you normally live, work, uh, or shop, but it can also you know, be is this amount of money that's being spent unusual in right. relation to what you normally spend, or there are a series of these teeny little charges that could be test charges. So you will notice something that doesn't look right faster than they will. And the reason mm -hmm. why you also need to check your accounts is oftentimes they try to do these little charges. Uh, you know, one group was was putting a $9.84 charge. <laughs> I remember hearing about that. And hoping people would miss it. You know, look for it. It could be an indication that there's some kind of fraud going on. Yeah, you can sure. also get much more sophisticated monitoring programs that monitor credit and identity. They're not cheap, but you may decide that it's something that's a good investment. Each person has their own thing. And the third M is manage the damage. And a lot of people don't realize that there are programs out there right now that are run for their benefit by their insurance company through their homeowner or auto owner policy by their financial services institution, Morally, normally credit unions more than big banks, smaller banks, yes, because big banks like to charge for monitoring. Right. And also HR departments now. Many companies have made the decision that someone who is an employee who becomes a victim can become extremely unproductive, distracted, right. and suddenly all of their colleagues everyone's now sleuth. They want to try to figure out what happened, why and how, and they want to help out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, productivity goes in the toilet. So they have these programs, some through employee <coughs> benefits that the employee pays for, a direct deduction, uh, and some are free. And with insurance companies, some are endorsements to insurance policies, but they're not expensive, maybe mm -hmm. 10 to $45 a year. Many are free. Uh, many credit unions offer it free. And what you need to do is call your insurance agent, your bank rep, or your uh, credit union rep, or mm -hmm. your uh, HR department where you work. Even some universities offer it, students, faculty, and staff for free, and say, look, do you have a program that helps me in the event I have an identity incident? Am I in it? If not, what do I need to do to get in it? Good, is good. it free or what's it going to cost? Yeah, AAA does this, I think, the auto club. I mean, I get notices from them from time to time about identity theft monitoring and protection. So that's a good idea. No, and, and oftentimes, even if it costs, you get a discount because of your relationship with that particular institution. Right, right, right. Adam, thank you so much for sharing uh, this with our audience. And uh, you also have a, a number of weekly columns, and you're a frequent guest on television. Could you tell our audience where they could find you? Well, I have, I have sort of this diverse universe, like the diverse universe I tell people never use the same password. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. But, uh, no, I'm on ABC, CBS, <laughs> uh, Fox, uh, Fox and Friends, Huffington Post, uh, abc.com. A lot of it, I've done some stuff for Good Housekeeping. 
So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm happy to spread the word, share the knowledge, and gratified that people actually want to listen. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think it is uh, front and center for so many people these days. I, I, you know, I think two, three, five, ten years ago, nobody would have thought that uh, our identities would be marketable commodities, but all of a sudden... Uh, we are now finding that, and I think we have to be prepared to, to deal with it and be prepared to deal with the aftermath. We really do. This is something that if you don't take seriously, yeah. it has the capacity to actually kill you. Right. And right. that has to do with, you know, the most serious ramifications of medical identity theft. Or, sure. You know, if, you're, if you suddenly become uh, a target of a police investigation and you get pulled over and arrested and you resist because you have no idea what's going on, right. there are some states now that have what's called identity passports, where if you're a victim of criminal identity theft, the Office of the Attorney General issues you a special card that you hand to the police, obviously very carefully, in the event that you're wrongfully arrested uh, because they think there are warrants outstanding for your arrest. So it's complicated. It's something where you really need to have a professional helping you. And, you know, there are people out there that, that may not be in these programs, may not know where to go. There's a wonderful organization in California, which is a national organization called the Identity Theft Resource Center. Oh, yeah, I love those guys. I met them when I was out in San Diego a few years ago. Yeah, and... Uh, used to be the Foley's, now it's Eva Velasquez is the CEO. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's a former investigator in the San Diego District Attorney's Office. And they are wonderful people. They do fabulous work. There are many companies out there that also do great work. If you want to learn more, the Consumer Federation of America has created a site called idtheftinfo.org. It's mm -hmm. idtheftinfo.org. They have a number of the reporting agencies and identity theft service providers that have signed up to use best practices in terms of disclosures and, you know, real information as to what they do, questions you should be asking, the kinds of monitoring you should be thinking about. It's free. It's available to the public. You should go to the CFA. They're a very impressive consumer organization for years and years. It can, it can give you a lot of information to be helpful. We have a lot of information at credit.com and also idt911.com on all things identity theft related. The FTC has wonderful information. You guys provide great information on scammercast.com. Thank you. So there's a lot of different places to go. People should avail themselves of that information because in this situation, knowledge really is power. Indeed. And you know, Adam, we're going to have to have you back. We've got so much more to talk about. It's just been great to hear all of your different perspectives and ideas and great ideas and tips and advice. So thank you very, very much for being with us. No, thank you. And I'm happy to come back anytime you want. And dinner. I'm happy to come for dinner. Today. All right. Well, I think I think we'll just have to schedule that we'll one in. We'll set that one up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. All right. Well, Adam, again, for me as well, thank you very much for sharing this information with us today. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience before we wrap up? I think just the most important the thing that, that people have to think about is the fact that uh, we are all targets, like it or not. Every business is a target. Every government agency is a target that there will be, without question, identity theft incidents in each and every one of our lives, and it will occur on multiple right. times. In addition to which, we're living in a world now with the Internet of Things where you have billions of devices, from right. cars 
to security systems, to home heating systems, to your television set, even to a smart mattress cover. Oh, my God. That, that, that is gathering information about each and every one of us that we need to make those devices our own. So, you know, change default passwords. Right. Always look to see where you are exposed. And just think and be careful. <clears throat> Don't be afraid. Just do what you need to do. It's all about you are in control more than you think you are. Right. You just have to be proactive. Yeah. Terrific. And we'll put links to all of your different um, opportunities and resources on our show notes at scammercast.com. And we'll also put a link to your newest article on Huffington Post entitled Six Scams to Watch Out for This Summer. Great information there as well. No, terrific. And, and for any more information about me or what I do, adamlevin.com is the website as well. So I'm going to give you a, a, a broad and rich array of ways to find out about the stuff we do and what people need to think about. Yeah, well, you're doing great work out there. I mean, you're, you're just a, like a one-person, one-stop shop for everything. So it's terrific. It's wonderful to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to talk to your listeners and uh, have a wonderful day. Well, you too. Thank you. You too. want to encourage uh, all of our listeners out there to please visit scammercast.com. Look at all of the resources and information that Adam has shared with us today. And also want to encourage you to share this episode with a friend because, as Adam has pointed out, it's virtually certain that either you or somebody you know has been a victim of identity theft already. And leave us a comment. If you've been a victim of identity theft, what did you do to deal with it? How hard was it? Was it complicated? Share your story to inspire others at ScammerCast.com. Until next time, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host at ScammerCast.com. And Art Mange, your other co-host at ScammerCast.com, reminding you to help us to hammer the scammers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ScammerCast your headquarters for education and protection of our elderly from scams worldwide. Be sure to visit us at scammercast.com where you can send us your stories and tips, as well as send us your feedback, visit our Facebook presence, and more. Thank you for listening to this episode, and until next time, hammer the scammers. The information we share in this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should never substitute for appropriate legal, financial, or medical advice from qualified professionals. Always consult with an attorney, physician, or financial professional for the correct advice for your particular situation.